Imagine this. It's day one of your new job. You're the first ever chief data officer at a big, giant enterprise with a yet uncharted data landscape. And as you sit down to chart your strategy, fear starts to set in. You're overwhelmed. Where do you start? Technology? People? Processes? It's a feeling CDOs know all too well. It's easy to get lost in the wilderness of data, and particularly so when you know that the average CDO's tenure is just 18 months. The clock is ticking. So how do you choose your strategy? How do you align with your business partners? How do you make sure you're adding value and show that value to your C-suite peers? Today on Data Radicals, I'm speaking with someone who has a lot of experience guiding digital transformation. Steve Pimblett is the Chief Data Officer at Bavari Group. He also served as the CDO of Weijo and the Betson Group. Steve's years of experience have given him a unique perspective on the CDO's role. And it's my hope that after you listen to this conversation, the first day on the job may not be so daunting. Welcome to Data Radicals, a show about the people who use data to see things that nobody else can. This episode features an interview with Steve Pimblett, Chief Data Officer of The Very Group. In this episode, he and Satyan discuss organizational structure, how to demonstrate the value of data, and the changing role of the Chief Data Officer. This podcast is brought to you by Alation. What if we told you that data governance can drive real business results? This white paper from Gardner shows you how. Go to alation.com slash DAG to get your free copy of Gartner's guide. It's called Adaptive Data and Analytics Governance to Achieve Digital Business Success. And it's yours for the downloading. Check it out today. 15 years of experience as a chief data officer or thereabouts. What would you do differently today in this first, you know, relative to the, you know, given everything you know, relative to the first time you actually started the job, what do you know now that you didn't know then? And what would you, what would you change if you were to boil it down to three learnings? So what, one of the biggest learnings, really, if I, I'll talk about it in the context of data strategy, actually. So I sort of developed a four-pillar data strategy. Data insight action are three of the pillars, and trust is the final pillar. And it's the data insight action piece where it gives me my biggest learning, really. So data insight action for me is a really nice way of describing the flow of data, but also the flow of the value creation. And I think my my biggest learning throughout my career is to really start with the action and work back into the insight and to the data rather than it, even in my early career, I started the other way around, you know, so I have built massive data lakes and then someone goes, how are you going to leverage them? I've built amazing BI stacks with, you know, every imaginable KPI drillable up and, um, you know, visualized. And again, someone says, how do you create value? So actually the data insight action strategy, really, you ask yourself the question very early is how are you going to create value from data? What's the action you're going to take? Where it be it, you know, improve margin, improve profitability, better net promoter score, whatever the business outcome you want, you really start with that and then work back through the pillars. So, okay, what insight do we need? What data do we need to drive that insight? And that's really my biggest lesson learned was start with value creation, start with the outcome and work back rather than start with data, then go move to insight, 
then think about what you're going to do with it. So let's drill into that for a second, because, you know, you could have a variety of different actions. And then the question becomes, how do you decide which action to focus on first? How do you come up with that process? And and what is the role you have played in determining the action? Or is the action just given to you? Or For me, the data strategy is a, a part of the enablement of any company strategy. So let, let's start by framing it in the company strategy. So what is the company strategy? What are the key outcomes they're looking to achieve? How do they measure success? That gives us a great frame for data insight action to, to, to land against. And then within that, the other dimension is very much what as a data function, if that's how you're set up, are your OKRs? What are the outcomes that you're individually or collectively targeted on? Hopefully that link back to that strategy if you've got your operating model set up correctly. Um, and those are the two frames, really. Company strategy, your role as a CDO office or a group or a division, your OKRs, and that's the starting point, really. Do you think, though, that data insight action as a strategy lends itself to then collaboration depending upon your operating model because a lot of the time the actions that are taken maybe are outside of the remit and the role of the chief data officer so a lot of the times it's in collaboration with other business functions can you give us some examples then of what those okrs might look like Uh, you know what are some that you're working on today the verticals that I partner with are very much a retail business who are, you know, buying, selling and trading uh, stock over 2000 brands and hundreds of thousands of products. So um, an OKR that we've got at the moment is really all to do with um, increasing our, our return on stock. So i.e., are we buying the right stock at the right volume um, to make sure we don't have any out of stocks or as, as few as possible and also we don't overorder our stock so that would be a good example so there's a there's an okr wrapped around stock availability stock return on stock and more accurate ways of forecasting the stock that we need to purchase against the customer base that we've got and what is your role in this return on stock work are you having developed that as a priority with your business partner, enabling them? Are you actually providing them with end reports? How do you figure out the handoff points? How much of it's functional? How much of it is done in the center of excellence? It's more like a joint venture in terms of, again, the the retail business hold the pen on the action so they actually press the button on ordering the stock as a for instance um but my team are now an enabler to that particular business so we've got a ring fenced data insight action tribe that is aligned to our retail business that i lie manage in terms of capability tool sets platforms but the retail business leverage it against their particular okr in that instance so it's very much run as as a as a joint venture where we've we've both got investment from you know an investment board we offer a return on that investment over x x number of years and then we are jointly 
building the capability to improve you know the accuracy of our forecasting and models and the business adoption of those models into the purchasing cycle that seems like a reasonably successful and you know pretty clearly defined model how does that relate to the overall business strategy of the very group you know the Return on stock seems to be a very specific thing, important thing in the context of where you are in the business's life cycle. But the very group obviously has, you know, lots of lots of scope, scale, and scope, and certainly, you know, I would imagine a reasonably complicated business strategy. How does one map from that metric to the overall strategy? And I guess maybe to tell us a little bit about that, maybe just give us a little bit of background on the very group and why you joined and and what it is. Great, great questions. I'll frame it in um, so that the very group and, and why I joined. I, yeah, I, I was really missing B2C. So prior to the very group, I was in a B2B model. So I was creating platforms for connected cars to you know centralize the data. And, and it was a platform play. Uh, and I was lucky enough to be chief information and data officer in that model. But I was definitely missing b2c you know not owning or having a tangible relationship with a customer and putting products in front of customers so that was one of the big reasons the other reason was really just size and scale you know so very group is 2 billion turnover 4000 staff um 5 million active customers every digital touch point imaginable from a website mobile app every you know digital media touchpoint facebook you know youtube tiktok so just you know really getting back into digital getting back into b2c and the breadth and the remit of the role just excited me especially the scale of the customer data landscape because as well as being digital which is fantastic for data and a retailer multi-category so thousands of brands you know hundreds of thousands of SKUs. it's also a financial services organization because it offers credit um so it's sort of one of the richest deepest uk data assets when it comes to consumers because you know i know everything about the consumers finances i know what they buy from each category um and i know how they shop and and how they they you know touch um the brand through the various touch points so it's just that you know a fantastic opportunity to to really um be a chief data officer and in my hometown of liverpool so um that, that was fantastic yeah, and and so data can really matter, right? Like data, data is not an optional thing. It's it's fundamentally consequential and and you know impactful to the business. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the other the other dynamic to it is very. It never had a chief data officer, so it it, um, it, it had you know uh, an analytic director it had a bit of a data director but really never really centralized um the strategy the thinking or or any of the platforms themselves so you know just a a really good opportunity so then now bridges back to the strategy what is the business strategy for the company and tell us how that has evolved as you've been there or has it been you know effectively the same as you've have you as you've existed in the company. Yeah, yeah, well I've been I've been at very for 18 months. Um and the overarching strategy um is phrased as making good things accessible to more people. It's combining really retail and financial services which is very much the sweet spot of very. Um so that that's the sort of strategy uh, in terms of totality. 
actually we are going through a bit of a, a strategy rework as we speak um and that's to to frame it even more in um um strategic pillars okrs that everybody across the business can understand um because it is quite a complex business under the bonnet even though it's just you could say it's just a retailer it's not because we've got retail we've got financial services how do they integrate you got end-to-end -end customer management so there's quite a lot of dynamics to the very business so we are yeah working through a, a, a new way to interpret the strategy for the business and a new way to measure the strategy. It's very much starting to be centered around uh, customers. So um, how do we think about customers, lifecycle management of customers, segments of customers, rather than being category-led, being much more customer-led? How do you see within very the strategy process being unrolled and developed you, you mentioned you're going through that process who's leading it within the organization and what is your role in partnering with those individuals or that individual yeah so we've got a, a central strategy team and they are working with external consultancies who will then package it up in terms of a strategy framework. Um, so I think strategic pillars, strategic and strategy measures, I think even breaking down what are the enterprise changes and capabilities that we need to build over the next three years to you know leverage and hit and hit the new strategy so um so yeah we have a strategy team that turn it into a framework and a, and a way to communicate across the organization um in terms of my role so far to support that team well in in the last year we've definitely already I, i've created a brand new team called customer forensics which is a whole data function revolving around customer metrics both quant and qual and and that was part of the lead into some of the strategy work so we've got a, a whole new team a whole new capability that and we've built some data products um to support that that strategy change already steve is the first person to serve as chief data officer at the very group i asked him what were his initial observations on the company's data strategy Prior to my arrival, data was democratized, I think is how it internally phrased it. I think what, what definitely happened to the organization is data was just distributed across the these business verticals that I mentioned before. So there was no central accountability, no central platform thinking, no central principles and guidelines. So there wasn't really the, the hub to hold the spokes together. There was loads of great innovation out in the spokes, but no really glue to hold it together. So they, if you think what, what I inherited was some fantastic innovation in pockets, but no reuse. So everyone had their own KPIs and their own view. Everybody had different data skills within their particular spoke or business vertical. And the things that were lacking were a, a central way of thinking about the total cost of ownership of data, um, no massive governance around data from a, a central perspective. So probably therefore associated risk with that and no single way of just framing what what a data strategy might look like and and how do you build something that benefits all business units or spoke 
books because it was quite siloed thinking. So that's what I inherited. And I quickly changed that from, you know, fully distributed to hub and spoke. So started to set up the centers of excellence. Um, it was, I think, April 2021 when we did that organizational change. So just just over a year in. So we've now got hubs, centers of excellence, which is great for our people because they get career paths and plans and, you know, can really go on a journey with their career. But we've also got a partnership model with the, the spokes across the organization where we offer, you know, different services, different products, different levels of support. And that's definitely starting to, to win where the individual business units have leaned into that. And we've got different levels of maturity of, of operating model and also different levels of relationship, really, with the business units. We're going adulation through a similar re-strategizing sort of, you know, strategy refresh process, as it were. And a lot of what you're talking about has tons of parallels into our own experience and even into our experience in terms of how we're forming our data team. Because on one level, every business is functionally organized. You've got to pick some mechanism of organization that could be, you know, business unit oriented and a software company. You can take a functional view with sales and marketing and you know, obviously that's true for a more more simple business where you don't have multiple totally different lines of business like retail and 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 finance. Um, so you can take that functional view, but then you also got this strategic view of what the business wants to do from a process perspective that cuts across the organization. And customer is very obvious, but then there's also core capabilities like forecasting that you mentioned. Um, you know, which are which are super interesting. And I feel like that two-dimensional model really sets up the appropriate domains for analysis and enablement. And so you're constantly kind of trying to, one, work with the business units to enable them around their own functional metrics, but then you're also, on the other hand, trying to push the strategy forward. And I, and I feel like that is really where a CDO can be both sort of provider of infrastructure on one level, which you have to be, but also provider of insights and action. And so that experience, that framework really parallels um, at least my own experience. And I think so much of what an executive team does and so much of what a, frankly, a CEO and a CDO and a chief strategy officer do is really focus on what's this operating model and how do we enable a whole bunch of people to work around it in a functional way. Coming to that level um, of sophistication, at least for us, has been quite a journey. And I don't, you know, I'm sure there's much more sophistication in front of us. How have people viewed the role in each of the businesses that you've been in? I mean, certainly you've seen it in lots of different companies and organizations, and I'm sure there's an evolution of building trust over time. What has changed and what has stayed constant in terms of your having to sort of prove it as it were in, in, your, in your job? Um, ooh, well, the thing that stayed constant for me, maybe it's the companies that I've worked with, are, are they all see the value in data and as a growth driver, as you know, not just a cost center. So for me, my my career and the companies that I've worked for, that's been the constant is they can see the opportunity to create value. What what's changed? I I think and whether over the years, the concept of creating value from data, everybody's been nodding at. 
but the actual execution of doing so is starting to be questioned, I think, across the industry of where, where's this magic return on our data going to come from? Uh, so I, I see that's the bit that's getting more and more challenged, you know, chief executives, chief financial officers, putting a bit more scrutiny on the when, I went, when am I going to see the value from this data that the industry has promised? Um, so I, I, I can definitely see a step change in myself here and my, my colleagues that, you know, a lot of them are chief data officers in the UK within the networks that I'm in who are getting a bit more, where's the return? Come on, show me some return on the, on the money that we spent over many years on data. When you go to those conversations, how do you say, okay, we are, here is where the money is and here's where the returns are. I mean, that's always, you know, a tough conversation. What, what, are, what do you look to? Is it case specific where you're saying, oh, here's the forecasting model, here's how much value we created, and do you constantly have to retell those stories or do you have more horizontal infrastructure-oriented measures that you point to or is it both? Yeah, so we definitely use outcome measures. So risk reduction of data is still, you know, a big part of my role. So it isn't just about create value through that way. It is, you know, help mitigate and reduce risk, be it GDPR or cookies incent or compliance. So reduce risk. I think um, drive self-serve is is another metric that we use for this is for the hub, like horizontally is how, how do we get how do we think about total cost of ownership of data and insight and how many people might be pushing or pulling data and you know that's a like an operational efficiency measure and the last one is the most tangible in terms of P&L, which is value creation. And the value creation is normally through that investment partnership, which has a set of metrics with the investment itself. That said, one of the, again, one of the early things that I did is as part of my data science sense of, of excellence, we've got experimentation and measurement as a service. So um, we started to think about actually how do we how does anybody measure the return on their change? So can we develop tools, techniques, mathematical products that allow people to understand the change? So you know standard things like A/B testing, but also things like um, quasi experimentation where you know we can look at the variables pre-change, look at the variables post-change and use mathematical techniques to give statistical significance and inference on, on the on the step change. So we actually use some of our own measurement products to prove that the initiatives we've been part of have had, a, have had an uplift, if that makes sense. You've mentioned a lot about how you're structured. Can you give us just uh, another tour of how you structure your organization? And I guess more critically for those other chief data officers, what do you look for in terms of hiring your team? I've always ended up in a hub and spoke model in every organization. It's just how fat and thin your hubs and spokes are, really. In terms of hubs, I've got a uh, data platform and engineering hub. So they tend to look after the infrastructure and the pipelining of data uh, and, th and things like enterprise warehousing. So I, I've got a data governance and operations, which tends to be aligned to all things privacy, security, risk, governance. I have a, a BI and analytics center of excellence. So really the provision of the insights, be it, um, you know, basic descriptive analytics and, and through a BI tool or more 
sharper ad hoc analytics for one of the functions. Um, and um, I've got a data science capability, um, which is all about how do we leverage, you know, um, machine learning, AI and advanced analytics techniques. Um, and last but not least, um, which is unique to the very group, I've got um, a customer forensics team, which I think I mentioned before is part of the hub that very much hones in on um, quant and qual um, understanding of our customer base. So those are the, the hub centers of excellence. Each of them has a, a head of that vertically manages that function in terms of line management, people management, budgets, training, development, skills. Um, but then the touch point with that is how we put, how we how we leverage them in the spokes. So each of the spokes that I work with has an account manager that reports to me. So it might be one account manager to many uh, spokes, but that's where we start to think about how do we align our hub resources and hub capabilities with the individual spokes? Um, how do we go into bat on joint investment? Um, and how do we think about working together to, you know, leverage the the data capabilities that we have or we are building within that particular particular spoke? So we sort of set up like a, an internal agency in, in that model, which is what do you want to achieve in your business area? How can we make that data driven? How can we leverage the capabilities, the platforms that we've got in the hub, in the centers of excellence to accelerate their particular business unit and also the, the total overall strategy? So the account manager, therefore, is almost sort of this internal salesperson. Yeah, yeah, in, internal client manager. So I suppose you, you know, maybe taking some of my B two B and consultancy days. So I'm sure you you'll be set up with client success manager type people, which is once once you've got a capability, a product or a service, how do you make sure it gets leveraged within with a particular business unit? So my, I have more or less client managers. So you know, I'll have someone looking after retail. What are you looking to achieve retail? Ah, you're interested in sharpening your pricing. And well, that's a mathematical challenge. We could really help with that. Why don't we build you some new tools, capabilities, maturity around price elasticity models or whatever it may be that could, you know, help you be more data driven, help you be more scientific, help reduce your total cost of operating. Um, so. Yeah, it's like a client success manager, really. That is the interface from my hubs into that particular spoke. And how large is the organization overall? And how many account managers do you do you have in total? Yeah, so there's 4,000 people at Very. There are more or less six major spokes, divisions. We actually call them tribes at very to, to give them a, uh, an agile theme. Um, and I have got six account managers. So more or less one per tribe is how we try to set it up. Not always perfect. So sometimes I'm doing one account manager looks after two spokes slash tribes. Yeah, but I think one of the things that I think is super insightful, interesting, and I've never heard of anybody doing this before, is this concept of both having an account manager, but you also talked about having to prove value. And you're doing that at the business unit level, where you mentioned things like TCO, and you're also doing that at the executive level, where you mentioned the same things like TCO, which was, I think, 
brilliant because it it never takes you away from ROI. I mean, you know, we're in this business of of selling software and we're constantly having to prove value to our clients. And that is a habit and discipline, which if we ever get out of that habit and discipline, takes us away from building the right products, focusing on the right things for customers. And so it's um, fabulous that you've actually institutionalized that. Where did you get that idea? I mean, how did, did you always know to do this or did you just take this from? Oh, I, th- I think, yeah, I think, I think it came back from the experience, but that data insight action, it, it was, you know, in my early career, I focused on data and insight. And then quickly got asked by the chief financial officer, where's the return, Steve? And the same with, you know, um, the strategy. How does this help the strategy? You know, you've got more data than you can shake a stick at. You could drill that up and down on. But no one was really using it to take action. So I think it was once it's thought about that framing is action is really outcome. Outcome tends to be, you know, leverage leverage tends to be investment and therefore let's focus on the action um it is hard and when i arrived at very it's really hard for the data team because they just want to get on with building data stuff or the insight team want to be involved in insight and when you challenge them to say but without the action pillar without a partnership using it you're not going to be able to prove your value, our value, or collective value. And it becomes really difficult, the annual budget process, when somebody's got a red pen going, who should we give the money to? Um, unless you can prove the upside, the value, link it to the strategy, confirm the leverage, you might not get invested in the future. So I think that's being the biggest challenge is for, for my team that we're used to being, you know, order takers, move some data, build some data into, you know, trying to be value creators. That's, that's been a big challenge for the, for the, for the team that I inherited really. Yeah. It's a brilliant observation for any service organization within a company or certainly obviously, you know, organizations outside of a company, which is, you know, you get really you think, oh, chief data officer, well, we're supposed to have all these data people doing all of this data work and everybody's supposed to be a builder and you get consumed with the action. But on the other hand, if you don't create, both communicate the value, but also listen, you know, really listen to what your customers might want, then it's really easy to have that construction process get totally dis- you know, disconnected from the value creation process. And, and I think you, know, you can see these account managers being uh, internal salespeople, not very, very useful. But on the other hand, if if you don't have that loop closed, you're gonna you're gonna fall apart and ultimately get disconnected. Yeah, that's it. And again, if you think of it as data as products or data as a service, if no one's using your product or no one's using your service, then you've got all this cost that you've built for no reason and also a bit like in the you, you mentioned partnership models it's a it's a great way to get funding so it's a win-win really you know i build things that get used the things that get used drive value that that's really the win-win so i guess before you take us out maybe give us two things a prediction about how data will change in the next five years what changes do you see happening in the industry um, one of the things that you mentioned that you observed over the last five was this this real increased focus on value. Um, and then I'd love for you to give us a misconception, uh, you know, some some myth that may exist. I'll start with the myth. And the myth is probably, you know, 
just by implementing technology or big data, you create value. I think that's probably there. You know, if you if you just buy some software, um, it's all going to take care of itself. And as long as you store it in the cloud, hey presto, you, you're going to magic some uh, return out of it. So I, I think that. Well, I don't know if that is an industry myth, but it's definitely outside of data a bit of a myth of just you know power create a data lake and away you go. So I think that's the myth that you know obviously it just doesn't happen. You've got to align your data strategy and your take data capabilities with your business at value and your business outcomes. So that's the myth in terms of prediction. I sort of had two, but maybe I'll wrap it in constant change. So I think the only thing that's going to happen within data and analytics is constant, even more change. And by that, what do I mean? I think regulation is still, you know, a massive topic for data across industry. And we've got this cookie-less future coming. Um, I think the change of, um, well, new technology and how it can drive like, oh, you know, citizen models, citizen data scientists, citizen data engineers, uh, the analytics engineer roles. So I think the whole shape of organizational structures, job profiles can can all change as, you know, things like machine learning um, become um, more commoditized, therefore more accessible to more roles and more companies. So I just think, yeah, d- data's absolutely fascinate, fascinating, but, but still constantly changing. So um, being able to be agile and adapt is probably one of the biggest things for me as a, as a chief data officer and, and thinking about, you know, developing capabilities is the, the, the capability to be agile and flexible and scale up, scale down, change your operating model, I think is is a big part of the role as as we morph, as, as technology changes, as regulation changes, and, and as the data landscape changes. Yeah, I think that having that flexibility for any executive, but certainly in the data office where, to your point, this idea of like hubs and spokes is sort of definitional, but just the ability to flex up and flex down, how fat those are and how thin those might be and how connected they might be. Super, super insightful. Steve, thank you for taking the time. This has been just such a phenomenal discussion around the brass tacks about about how to do the job. Super high appreciation of your time. So thank you very much and look forward to speaking with you again soon. Brilliant. Uh, Really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, thanks for having me. Chief data officers are leaders, and they're also salespeople. They need to sell the value of data to the people in their organization. Recognizing that need, Steve's taken that belief to a whole nother level. He has an account manager in every one of his internal spokes. It's their job to be a liaison between the data and the business. They're an internal client success manager. It's the same approach any external vendor would take to service their clients. This idea is incredibly powerful. The best salespeople don't focus on selling a product to a customer. They focus on how their products solve that client's pain points. And that's exactly what Steve is doing with this organizational model. It's an idea that, to me, is truly radical. This is Satyan Sangani, CEO and co-founder of Alation. Thanks to Steve for joining us. And thank you for listening. 
This podcast is brought to you by Alation. Data citizens love Alation because it surfaces the best data, queries, and expertise instantly. The result? Folks know how to use the most powerful data with guidance from the experts. And with Alation, you don't have to choose between data democratization and governance. By embedding governance guidance into workflows, Alation welcomes more people to great data fast. That means your data strategy can play both offense and defense. Learn more about Alation at alation.com.